all of you that are joining us today, wherever you're joining from, may the Lord bless you. I pray that you feel the same presence where you are as we feel where we are today. In Jesus' name. I don't know that I've ever, I'm sure I've probably done this in the past, but I've never done it as many times as I have in the last several weeks. So once again, today I'm going to give you my, uh, my title, and uh, I'll read some verses in a few moments, but I'm going to read you my, or give you my title, and then I will, uh, we, we, will we will just go from there. I, I do feel, a, feel like I have a message today for you moms, and I try whenever I preach or teach to not say anything that would sort of narrow uh, the the uh, the parameters of who it's for, in hopes that whoever is listening and whoever it is for can receive it. And so I I I, I hope that whoever's listening and even even if you're a man or a guy you can there's some principles in what I'm about to preach that you could apply to you but I have a I have a I believe I have a message and I have a burden today and again I don't really want to narrow this down but especially for you moms that have children at home right now whether that's teenagers or young children or even infants I, I want to preach to you this morning, or I don't want to preach to you. I hope I can deliver a message to you from the Lord today. So I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, a lesson from the bond woman, a lesson from the bond woman. God bless you. You may be seated. We, uh, I think we have a tendency when it comes to passages in scripture and characters, especially some of the uh, very notable, significant characters throughout scripture, we have a tendency to get focused on certain aspects uh, of that story, of that character, and there can be some other things that we miss in there. And one of the examples in the context that I will preach to you today is that of Abraham. And by the way, for those of you that were a part of prayer on Thursday evening, I do apologize. Um, it was not Moses that interceded for Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. It was Abraham. Um, that's one of the problems of not having an audience when you preach. There's nobody to help you. And uh, my family were all in their rooms, I guess, praying. So I was, I was by myself, and um, they told me afterwards. So I do know that it was not actually Moses and Lot; that it was Abraham. So um, anyway, if you weren't watching Thursday night, now you know I made a mistake, which I've made many before, and I'm sure we'll make many more. Nevertheless. <laughs> When, when we focus on the story of Abraham, primarily we are focusing on Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. The significance of who Abraham was, that Abraham was the one that God first calls. He calls him 
out of Ur of the Chaldees or Chaldees or however you you're supposed to say it. He's the one that God gives this promise to that he was going to bless him and multiply him that his his descendants would be as numerous as the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea and and so we know that that Sarah the wife of Abraham is a is a significant part of this promise and and the life of Abraham and then of course the child of promise Isaac is is extremely significant and and so again most of the time when we talk about the story or the life of Abraham it's it's really those three characters there are so many uh um lessons we can glean from Abraham's life and and lessons of faith and lessons of trust and confidence in God and and lessons about the faithfulness of God's promises no matter what the circumstances may look like no matter how long it may take and 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 of course the again the significance of Abraham's place in in in, in all of of God's uh God's plan and God's purpose. And I know that most of you know this. There, there's two other characters that are fairly significant parts of this, of this story that, again, we, we sometimes reference. Uh, we, we sometimes preach about them. But most of the time, it's, it's Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac, because again, Isaac was the child of promise, and and God's plan, as we see it accomplished, when we now are able to look back and read through the entire story of the life of Abraham, we we understand that the promise God gave Abraham, He intended to fulfill that through Sarah, as impossible. As it seemed, and it was impossible when he gave them the promise, much less when he fulfilled it. Because, again, if you don't know this, Abraham was 75 years old when God tells him, a man that has no children, God gives him this promise that I'm going to make you the father of many. And Sarah, his wife, had no children. And and so it was already impossible at this point. And ultimately, it's 25 years later before God fulfills that promise. But in, in, in sort of the middle, and I don't know that it's exactly the middle of this, uh, from the giving of the promise till uh, the time that Isaac was born, it is, I think, relatively in the middle, but figuratively speaking, in the middle of all of that, we, we have this scenario that takes place with Hagar, who was Sarah's servant. Sarah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is several years, I I think maybe even 10 years after Thursday night, don't hold me to it, but several years after this promise, and it it hasn't happened yet. And so Sarah decides to kind of help Abraham and God out. She's, she's still not having a child. She still has not conceived. And so Sarah says, why don't you take my maidservant, Hagar? And so as the story goes, 
that happens and Hagar conceives and bears a child. So Genesis 16 and verse number 7 says this. The angel of the Lord found her, and that's Hagar, by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence, comest, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be a not it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name. Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. So it's Sarah's idea. It's, it's, it's not Hagar's scheming and conniving that, that does this. It's Sarah's idea to say, uh, Abraham, take my, take my maidservant, and, and perhaps through her this promise can be fulfilled. But now that that has happened, it, there, is, there is tension between Sarah and Hagar. And so in essence, the verses we have just read, Hagar is actually about to flee. She's about to run away. But she has this encounter with an angel. Fawcett's Bible Dictionary says this, the the adjoining well where Hagar was, the adjoining well was named Beer Lahai Roy. And it means the well of the seeing alive, at which one saw God and lived. It also means thou art a God of seeing, the all-seeing from whose eye the helpless is not hidden in the lonely desert. It's the well of the living one who sees me. It is the ever-living, omnipresent providence. So here is Hagar, now rejected by Sarah, has now conceived a child and is going to run away, but she has this encounter with God as she's about to leave. She has this encounter with the God of seeing, or the all-seeing God. The all-seeing God who sees the helpless and the rejected. The all-seeing God who sees the downtrodden. So he says to Hagar, "You, you need to go back. You need to go back to your master's house and you're going to bear a son and gives her a promise with regards to that son. And I know there's a whole side of this story that has to do with with the tensions that we now face in our world 
because of the child of promise, Isaac and Ishmael. Do me a favor for a few moments this morning, and rather than us getting all caught up in that, I, I want you just to focus here with me on Hagar. There's a couple of different meanings of Hagar's name that I found as I was studying, and one of those names means stranger. Stranger. She didn't belong, which perhaps is obviously part of the reason why now she is going to flee. She's, she's a stranger there. She doesn't belong anymore in Abraham and Sarah's lives. There's tension. She is not the one that God chose to be the, the, the one to bear the promise, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. Ishmael is born. He begins to grow up, but things don't get any better in Abraham's household. You go to Genesis chapter 21, beginning with verse number 6. Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck, for I have borne him a son in his old age? And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And so now, God's plan, God's intent for how His promise was to be fulfilled has now come to pass through Isaac. It's a, it's a great time. Sarah, who, who had to go through the pain of watching her, her handmaiden bear a son to her husband and live through several years of watching that child grow, now has experienced bearing her own child. It's an exciting occasion. It's a, it's a wonderful time. It's, it's the fulfillment of God's plan. It's the way God intended for it to have come to, have come to pass. But if we go down to verse number, or continue reading with verse number 9, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the seed of the bondwoman, 
will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle. That means it was all consumed. And she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. She's now been sent away by Abraham, banished from being a part of their household anymore. Abraham sends her on their way with a bottle of water and some bread. Just a bottle of water and some bread. Just enough provision for a short period of time. And so she ventures out with this child in the wilderness. They run out of drink. They run out of food. And I know from one side we could judge and criticize what the scripture says that Hagar did. How could a mother put her child, leave her child under a a bush and and go a bow shot away? Some translations say that's about a hundred yards away, so that's about the length of a football field. But, But there was something inside of her that she could not bear watching the suffering of her child. The Lord says, Can a can a can a mother forget her 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 nursing child? He says, that same way I have, I have engraven you on the palms of my hand. There, there is a bond, there is an attachment between a mother and a child that really is like unlike any other. I, I have a very strong connection with all four of my kids. I love them dearly, they love me dearly. But, but there's something in the nature of a mother. There, there's, something, there's something about that protective nature that... God has put within her. And so Hagar decides this is this is it. This is the end. And I cannot bear to watch my child die of hunger and thirst. So she puts him under a bush and goes away. Thinking that that's the end. Thinking that this is the way it's all going to play out. But don't forget. I read to you a few moments ago that well that Hagar was nearby was the well of the seeing alive. It was was the well of one who saw God and lived. It was the God of seeing. It was the omnipresent God. Verse number 17. Verse 16 says she's lifted up her voice and wept. The implication there is it it wasn't just a silent tears rolling down her cheeks. She was 
no doubt, sobbing over the circumstances. Remember, her child Ishmael is not the child of promise. She is not the one through which God intended to fulfill his promise. She was in some ways, I guess you could say, caught up in a bad situation at the wrong place at the wrong time. And and it's all escalated to this point that now her and this child are, are banished on their own in the wilderness. She's weeping. Listen to what verse 17 says. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. Wait wait a minute. What, What? Do you see where I am? Do you see the circumstances that the child and I are in? Do not just physically where we are, but are you aware of what's been happening in our lives? Are are you aware of the conflict that we have been through that actually is what has caused us to be in this situation? And yet the word of the Lord to Hagar was, Fear not! For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And we know today that God in fact did fulfill the promise to Hagar by making Ishmael a great nation as well. Or a multitude of descendants. So I want you to I want you to make sure you you're getting this picture here. I know I'm going a little bit slow today, but Abraham, Sarah, given an amazing promise, chosen by God to be some of the the, the most significant characters in all of Scripture, the, the role that they played, the purpose that they played. Have this son, Isaac, who is God's plan for the fulfillment of that promise. And, and, and somehow mixed up in all of this is, is Hagar, the bondwoman. Hagar, the bondwoman, becomes a part of this narrative of the life of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. And because ultimately she was not 
the one through which the promise was to be fulfilled and her son was not the one through which the promise was to be fulfilled. She's, she is sent away because she has no rights. She's not the wife. She's not in the relationship as a wife. She's, she's just simply a servant and because of this conflict that is arisen in Abraham's household and and Sarah's frustrations with it and and all of these challenges they are facing, she is sent away all on her own just with a child. Seemingly a stranger. Seemingly completely on her own. And yet God sees the circumstances that the bond woman is in. Verse number 10 again. I mean, listen to what the Lord, or what Sarah says. Verse 10, wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. She didn't even call her by name. She, she didn't even, I mean, it's just. It, it was earlier, it was Hagar. It was Hagar that Sarah offered to Abraham. But now she's just the bondwoman. And now Sarah says, you got to get rid of the bondwoman. I don't want her and her son around here any longer. She's, she's, he, he's mocking and there's tension and there's strife. And so Abraham responds. And in verse number 11 in Abraham's defense, it, it tells us that it was a very grievous thing for Abraham, this conflict, because uh, Ishmael may not have been the fulfillment, but that was still his son. But he gives in to Sarah's instructions. So now it's 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 just Hagar, the bondwoman, and Ishmael in the wilderness. And yet the cry of the child who was not the fulfillment of the promise. And the and the lady who was not God's intent to be mixed up in this promise, rejected, completely rejected, no rights, no rights to say, sorry, if somebody's going to leave, Sarah can leave. You tell Sarah and her, no, she, she, she had no rights and so she leaves. And yet God heard the cry of the bondwoman and her child. I come to tell you mothers today, yes, in a lot of ways in light of the circumstances that we are in and the possible implications of the future, especially from an economic standpoint. I've come to tell you today that if God will take care of the bond woman who has no rights 
who is not a part of the, the plan and the purpose that God had. She, she's just the bond woman. If God will take care of her and her child, how much more should you be confident that God has your household on His mind? If God will go to this extent to look out for the bond woman, how much more is God looking down on your family today in the midst of these circumstances and he has heard your cry? I, I really wouldn't be surprised if there aren't some mothers that are watching right now that perhaps in the darkness of the night, maybe even in the bed next to your husband and him being completely unaware of it, there's been some tears that have trickled down your cheeks because of the uncertainty of life right now. And, and how is this going to impact my family? Are, are we going to be okay when this is all over? Is, is, is our finances going to be okay when this is done? Or are we going to have the ability to provide? And I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost today, I, I, I know I, I'm, I, I, again, to me at least, I feel like I'm kind of being a lot more slow and methodical this morning than, than perhaps would be considered the norm. But, but I'm just going to tell you, as I stood back in the, in the back corner of the, of the sanctuary as the worship team was leading us today, I, I hadn't had this experience in the last several weeks, but, but there, were, there, were, there were a couple of angels that were standing back there. I, I don't know why they're here. I don't know what their purpose is. And, and I felt them again just a few moments ago on this platform. I know it's just a Mother's Day, or I know it's a Mother's Day. It's a holiday we're used to celebrating, and I know we're in the midst of a crisis, and believe me, and I think most of you know me enough, and I hope, trust me enough to know, I don't just simply pick out what I think's going to sound good and what you might want to hear, and so I've come today, I believe on this Mother's Day for you mothers with a word from God to tell you that God knows exactly Exactly where you are. And I realize it may not look good right now. It may not seem good right now. But I've come to tell you he's heard your cry. And if God will look out for the bondwoman who was rejected. How much more for you as his daughters and your children. Is he going to look out for you? No, I'm not telling you it's all going to be a breeze. And it's all going to be easy. Because don't forget where Hagar was. She was in the wilderness. She was facing some uncertainty. I, I'm not telling you that it's all going to look just fine and that there's not a challenge, that there is not a degree of uncertainty around us. That's not, I can't tell you that. But what I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost today is in spite of your circumstances, in spite of what you're going through, not only does God honor Sarah, but God also heard the bondwoman. And I believe I'm preaching to a bunch of people right now that you actually fall more on the side of Sarah. You've got rights. You've got spiritual rights. And I've come to tell you, if he'll take care of the bond woman, he will take care of you. Again, I'm, I'm not saying that means it's going to be easy. I, I'm not saying there's not going to be some challenges in it. But I've, I've come to tell you, God's going to work it out. God's going to take care of it. it. It may not be what you want the way you want it, but God's going to provide. Can you imagine what it was like to be 
that widow woman. You're in a famine. You're in a famine that's gone on long enough that people are dying from it. There's, there's, you've, you've run out of resources. And you've reached the point. You've reached the point. Trishir, can you imagine what it's like to be a mother and think this is this is the this is the not you know not not a drama not being dramatic but this is the last meal I can provide for my child. I'm going to make us one more meal from the supplies we have. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to just wait and die. It's not the pain of the mother over the fact that she's going to die. It's the pain of watching my my baby's going to die. Baby doesn't have to be infant. We, we, We have adult parents have adult babies <laughs> and 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 she's out picking up sticks she's out picking up sticks to make the last meal for her son and her and the man of god comes walking along <laughs> and says hey what you doing oh, i'm going to make a cake for my son and i and we're going to eat it and die well i'll tell you what <laughs> You go ahead and make that cake, but when you make it, I want you to give it to me. Can you? I, it's it's surprising to me that Elijah lived another day. It's it's surprising to me that there was not a murder at that moment, and at the very least, that she did not just tell him off. This is my last meal to provide for my son, and you think I'm going to give it to you? Can you imagine in 2020 if something like that had happened and it got out on social media? The news got a hold of it. Preacher takes family's last meal. I don't. I, I really don't know how or why. I, all I can think is somehow in her spirit there was something that gave her the the assurance. I, I, I otherwise I don't understand from a natural perspective how in the world she would have agreed to giving the last meal she could provide her child to this man. I, I guess she knew he was the prophet. I, I don't know. And she did just that. And, 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 and as the story goes, from that day forward, every time she went back to the barrel for more meal, it was in there. Every time she went to the cruise to get oil, there was enough in there for another cake. And that lasted for the remainder of the famine. And if I'm not mistaken, this woman was not a child of Abraham. 
Therefore, she did not have some kind of right to expect God to take care of her. And yet God provided for her. I know we don't deserve, and I obviously am not in any way preaching or implying today that we get some kind of an attitude that we are entitled. That is not at all what I'm preaching. That That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying that we get some kind of attitude that we think we're better than everybody else but at the same time as children of the heavenly father there are some things that we have every right to expect and to be honest I, I if my children if if my children were to ask me when it comes to daily needs if I was going to provide for them I'd be a little bit offended by that. Because as a good father, I provide for the needs of my children. They expect to open up the refrigerator and find milk. They expect to open up the refrigerator and find food. They they expect to go into the pantry and find food. They don't pay for it. They don't provide it. That's my responsibility. But they expect it to be there. And you know what? I would want nothing less than for them to expect it to be there. We've had a... I, I, I I know spring can be cool, but this to me has been an exceptionally cool spring. And of all of the springs that we've had such, I mean, we were in the 30s, I think, the last two nights. We, we discovered, uh, I discovered, and Brother Johnson helped me out, discovered a couple of months ago that our oil tank had a leak. And at the point, it was, it was I think, early February if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that time frame. And at that point, we had about a quarter of a tank of oil. So I thought, you know what, I I think that's enough oil to get us through the next four to six weeks. And it'll be spring. And at that point, we won't need heat, so we will have used up the oil, and then we can take care of getting the oil tank replaced. And we don't have to siphon oil from one thing to the other and whatever, and, 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 and it'll be summertime, and, and then, you know, we've got several months now then before we'll need heat again. Wouldn't you know, this is the spring where it's in the 30s. And, and, and my, my son's in their room. They've got units up on the wall that's actually there for their climate control and their it's air and heat. So they're all good, but the girls are downstairs where there's no heat. Now, we're in the addition that we built the last year, and it's on a completely separate heating system. And I got, I, I, I several times now in the morning as I've come out of bedroom through the family room and then stepped into the original part of the house where no heat is, I got to tell you, I have felt like a horrible father. Now, I will just tell you quickly, they do have space heaters in their room, and they also have been, 
they know that they can sleep in the family room where there's a very comfortable couch and the heat works there. So just don't judge me too harshly. My point is I have felt horrible. (laughs) The other morning it was 61 degrees when I stepped into the kitchen area. That's okay outside. You don't expect that inside. I felt, and I'm just, I'm just a dad. There's, there's something a mother has that's way beyond what a dad has in that respect. The fact that, even if she didn't kill him, the fact that that widow woman didn't haul off and give her the best punch she could, give him the best punch she could, blows my mind. But all of that aside, she didn't have a right. She didn't have a reason to expect it. But God saw the need. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's there's some mothers watching today that in the midst of wanting to enjoy Mother's Day and hopefully in the uniqueness of this year you're still able to do something today to celebrate that. But let, let me also be again not just limiting some of you are watching, some of you moms are watching and your kids are grown and they're out of the house and they're someplace else. So the circumstances are a little bit different, but the bottom line is I'm, I believe I am delivering a word from God for you as well. If God will take care of the bond woman, how much more? Should you have the confidence, the assurance that he's going to take care of you and your children? Sometimes I think we need to look at the other side of some stories to get just as powerful of a message. We, we we hear the story of the children of Israel when the second time around that spies are sent into Jericho. This time Joshua only sends two spies. Of course, 40 years before that, 12 spies had gone into Jericho. They come back and they say, we can't, that we are we are but grasshoppers. They are giants and we are grasshoppers. This time, those two spies come in, and the woman's house, they end up being hidden from danger and says to them, where have you guys been? Because we knew 40 years ago, when God delivered you from Egypt, that he was going to give our land to you as well. They were saying, 
The children of Israel were saying, we are just grasshoppers in our own eyes. The very ones that they said were the giants were afraid of them. Sometimes there are some things the enemy says that if you'd listen, you'd hear something you needed to hear. So I, I, I know there's, there's, there's Bible is full of promises and stories where, where God provides. And I know that. But I just felt to tell somebody today, if God would take care of the bond woman, how much more? Can you be assured that He will take care of you? I realize again, try to be mindful that we're not all in the same circumstances. We don't all have the same situations. I've said it several times now. Not everyone is quarantined at home. Not everyone has lost track of what day it is because some of you are still going to work and others of you work from home. And so you kind of... So I also realize some of you may very well be a mom right now and you are, you are somewhere alone watching based on your circumstances. I don't want in any way what I'm about to say and attempt to do here to to uh, add any kind of pain that maybe you're feeling already from being alone because not to be trite you know it the Lord is with you just as much but I I want to ask something right now and as we've done for I think nine weeks now I'm asking by faith but if if you are watching right now and you're in a room with you are a mother and there's people in that room whether it's your spouse or your children I want to ask those of you that are in a room with your mother or a mother maybe she's not yours because again I know some of you have roommates maybe they're not your children but you are a mother I'm going to ask those of you that would to, to join together right now I realize if you're, for those of you that are kids, that hopefully are watching, I know you you may not really understand all of this, but I'm going to ask you to join with your, with your mother. I want us to pray, and I believe, I believe even through the, which is not unusual at all, I believe through the worship today, the songs that have been sung, the songs that the worship team sung today, that the Spirit of the Lord has, I believe, tied all of this together today, wanting to minister. I, I, I am certain that there's some moms that are watching today that the, the weight and the burden that you're carrying right now under all of this whatever season of life you're in maybe again maybe your kids are grown and out and and, and I recognize that your your care for them does not lessen and I so I know some of you are carrying concern today for your adult children how are they going to make it how so 
This is not limited to any one group. But I just really believe the Holy Ghost wants to give some peace and assurance, some refreshing and some renewing to some moms today. So again, if you're with someone right now that's your mother or a mother, would you, assuming your family and not having to social distance, would you join with them right now? God, I, I believe, I really believe that I didn't just come today to preach a sermon. I believe, God, I believe that I didn't just come with a message on Mother's Day directed to moms. But I believe, God, that you have spoken a rhema today. That you have given a rhema today. So, Father, I pray right now for every mother that's watching, that's listening. Lord, if you take care of the bond woman the way you did you will take care of these precious ladies that are your daughters that are rightful heirs in the name of Jesus Christ I speak right now Father to every mother no matter what phase they're in that has been battling with fear and anxiety and worry pray, God, that right now you would be the God that sees, that you would be the omnipresent God that provides the same way, God, the same way. Apparently, Lord, I don't know if that well was there all, all the time and that Hagar was just so distraught that she couldn't see that water was readily available or if you supernaturally provided it, God. I I don't know, but what I know is the same thing you did for her is the same thing you can do right now. God, I pray for families right now that may be in lack because of the circumstances, then the impact of these circumstances on our finances. I speak, God, right now in faith that you will provide. It may not be an overabundance. We we may not have storehouses in advance, but at least enough for every day, at least enough for every moment that we have need. Peace right now, Lord. Peace right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. By the power of your spirit, we put our faith in you today. Our trust, our confidence is in you today, Lord. Beyond the uncertainty of our circumstances, beyond the craziness of the times that we're in right now, God, you're the God who sees where we are. You're the God that knows what we need. You're the God that's already planned for our provision. In the name of Jesus, I believe you for it today. 
God, I pray that there would be a refreshing and a renewing upon every mother right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it happen upon their minds, upon their spirits, upon their physical bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak healing right now, Lord, physical healing to mothers that are struggling with physical issues today. God, I speak healing by the authority of your word, by the power of your name. Let it be right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you'll take care of the bondwoman, God. You'll take care of your people. You'll provide for the bondwoman. You'll provide for those that are rightful heirs. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Pray, God, that fear would go in Jesus' name. We pray that worry would go in Jesus' name. Pray that depression would go in the name of Jesus. Anxiety would go in Jesus' name. Peace, assurance. Certainty, God. Certainty, God, that you see us. You know where we are. You know what we need. You've already planned out the provision of our needs. It doesn't mean we're not going to go in the wilderness some. It doesn't mean that we're not going to look at circumstances that seem to be against us. It it doesn't mean that we're not going to face some challenging times, but it does mean that we can have the confidence and assurance that you will provide. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And their children may his favor be upon you. And I know we've sung this song several times now throughout this this crisis that we're in, but why don't you receive it again today as a word from God to you? Come on, mothers, on this Mother's Day, why don't you receive this not just as a nice little song, but as a as a word from God to you today? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, let it be, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let it be today, God. In Jesus' name. And your children. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And behind you. And beside you. In Jesus' name. All around you. And within you. 